0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and
1: it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., catch
2: it. he did! Hello and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, my name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime I'm joined as always by my co-host here on the show, it is Sean Siegel. This is a special edition of the Road of His OT podcast, we've got a lot of good feedback on the draft series that we've been doing, where we kind of do our draft, you hear what we're thinking live on the clock, and we are going to bring you one more of those here as we get ready to draft in the Football Guys Players Championship. Myself and Sean are drafting. We've got the 102, Sean, not always our favorite end to uh, have these picks, but uh, I'm excited about it. We've got a lot of practice over the last few weeks of drafting together, so hopefully, we're going to have a, a good draft here and uh, one of our season-long managed leagues. Uh, hopefully things will work out for us here and we can bring home that top prize.
1: Exactly. And you mentioned we have the 102. Yeah, I, I'm the 101 would have been ideal, right? But uh, Because we don't have Christian McCaffrey teams yet and we do have some Travis Kelsey. But you and I just talked about it and I, I think we're excited to take Kelsey. Yeah, I would be okay. I was thinking about it last night. I would be okay taking Alvin Kamara. I think that With how that offense is going to shape up, I'm gaining a little bit of confidence in both quarterbacks. He's obviously going to be a massive target volume player, you would think. Now, we know that that didn't happen last season when Drew Brees was out, but it's very difficult to see how they can run the offense and not have it run through him this year. Some of the things that happened with Taysom Hill under center that didn't go through Kamara last year, they've had a full offseason to figure out how they want to do that. It does look like Jameis Winston is likely to be the quarterback. And yet I think either way, Camara is shaping up to be a nice pick at the very top.
2: Yeah, I think he is interesting. He's not I haven't gone that way yet. Um I've had once this year so far, I've had the 101, one time out of all the drafts I've done. Um, but you know, if I've had the pick between spot two and spot five, I've tended to go Travis Kelsey or um darn waller i actually had the 105 in a, a draft in the the basketball tournament a couple of days ago and i actually was kind of hoping i was kind of thinking who am i going to take because I, I won't take darn waller because i all my teams nearly have darn waller and kelsey ended up uh, last into that fifth spot so that worked out quite well so i, I think uh, i'm leaning heavily towards kelsey um i think there will be those options later on at the running back position i, I really do like the I think maybe Sean, we feel the comfort of the elite tight end position in the in the tight end premium formats a little bit like the the people who like to start that robust RB draft style like the the comfort of those <laughs> running backs in the first round. I just I really like how the teams get if you get two of those guys in the even in the first five rounds, but trying to get one of the, the top guys there to set you off. So um, not against Kamara, but we'll we'll see how it goes here. We could get a real treat, um, and we could. What happens if uh, Kelsey goes one? <laughs> I think we're just going to jump into to MC.
1: I do think that that's the case, yes. And I have seen Dalvin Cook go one one He went one-on-one in one of our drafts. Not one where we had the 102 unfortunately. But there is an outside shot of that, although I think it's a pretty long shot. Christian McCaffrey is the interval margin. And then, Carl, the next thing that we were kind of looking at is for this to potentially be a league where we may tease a little bit of the zero RB targets for uh, the article this week. We may go with an extreme zero RB build out of the beginning of the draft. Now, you would think this it would be a lot more unusual at the top, but you and I have seen the Travis Kelsey team in particular is sometimes a team that does like to go with some type of zero RB lineup. So, Starting with Kelsey and then taking a lot of wide receivers may not be quite as unique as we would like. And one of the things that's happening this year is there has been a lot of uptake in terms of drafters deciding, you know what, the the research, the evidence, the actual team results behind zero running back is so strong that I do at least want to give this a chance, see how it works in some of my leagues. And so it, it won't be the most unique build, but I think a build that when we get down to weeks 15, 16, 17, has the potential to win the whole thing.
2: Yeah, and we are. We're 20 seconds away from things kicking off, so we will have the 101, and then we'll have our pick pretty shortly after that. We'll see how it plays out. But I agree, and we talk a lot, Sean, about you know trying to see what we can do to stop that person at the 101 having that you know phenomenal upstart to the draft with an option then to get two wide receivers and that. Uh, second third round turn so we'll see what happens here but um it's going to be it's going to be fun so as you hear there uh, we are ready to go pick one is there we'll see how long and and that one went in pretty sharpish. Sean there wasn't much time wasted before uh, Christian McCaffrey was made the 101 uh, I, I'm very happy to go Travis Kelsey here I know you mentioned Alvin Kamara but unless you feel strongly enough about it I'm, I'm happy to take that uh, top tier tight end
1: exactly and I think that Tyreek Hill would also be an option at this slot in terms of the advantage he gives the potentially has to score so many points at the wide receiver position, but wide receiver and tight end are are just quite a bit different in that the tight end, there are only a couple of those guys. It is like having an entirely extra starting position on your roster. You, You do have to then build around that starting tight end with a lot of elite guys, but Kelsey here is something of a no-brainer in terms of the positional advantage. Now, we know there's the potential for injuries. We know there's the potential for him to have a little bit of regression. Uh, The injury thing you can't really do anything about. Even if he drops off a little bit from a scoring perspective full season, then he still gives you that advantage, and he still has the potential for the week 15, 16, 17 massive upside. And so there are a lot of ways to win with Kelsey. The advantage that he puts you – in right off the bat is so significant that now we have a lot of flexibility with what we want to do later. I've been looking at some of these teams and looked at some drafts yesterday where the Christian McCaffrey drafter did a very nice job except they were super weak at the tight end and so that's one of the ways in which we can neutralize that advantage that the CMC participant does have which is to start off with Travis Kelsey and make sure that we're not behind at that position.
2: Yeah, and like when we're doing this, obviously we have Kelsey now. It does give you that flexibility of where you push the button next to tight end. I mentioned liking to get two of those kind of high end guys, and um, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, we've drafted a number of times. It might even happen us here in this draft where sometimes the the way the tiers break and the way our players are ranked, it can mean sometimes that when you get to the start of those uh, rounds, sometimes are the players you're hoping to get if you're in those back end of the round slots that you're having to kind of take five six picks early and then at the tight end position you know when you get into logan thomas uh you know like fant sometimes and i know we like them a lot sean but there's other people who probably aren't, aren't as strongly the tight ends who are willing to pass on those and then that's leaving them with that bridge at the tight end position Um, no major surprises with how things have played out so far Devontae adams was the first wide receiver off the board since that then we have seen darren waller go off at the 106 adams was the 104 um out to that it's been all running backs thus far uh the 107 alvin kamar or austin eckler sean the the listener league that we did a couple of weeks back that we got him at that right at the back end of the second round uh showing to be quite quite nice there at that point but it is interesting when we get into some of these um higher entry fee leagues where you know some of these running backs will get that push a little bit higher up the board we see it there as well with Aaron jones going at the 109 and um, so it's going to be interesting and, and these are all good for us because so far, we see people going with a, a running back approach in that first round. Let's hope they all go running back in the second round. That'll push those guys that we really like down to us at the, the second round and third round picks.
1: Exactly. With, with the one possible exception, if we don't necessarily want them to get to the McCaffrey, <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's not that much we can do about it unless the very last guy comes to us at the two eleven. I have the results from the last week of the FBG tournament. Up on Rotoviz right now, looking at the redraft dashboard, you can select the period of time that you would like. You can select main event, you can select football guys tournament. And what we're seeing here is that the wide receivers are following a little bit more in this format. Adams, Hill, and Diggs going in the first round with Diggs in the last pick, but then those really exciting guys in the next tier are sliding a little bit. Ridley and Hopkins sort of in the middle of the second round. DK Metcalf uh, makes it to the 209. But then by ADP, the McCaffrey drafter gets to start Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown in rounds two and three. We'll see how that plays out in this one. Obviously, we're going to take one of those guys if they get to us. Uh, McCaff McCaff would be an interesting choice. Then wrapping back around, the next guys off the board are Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin. Colin, I've talked on some shows about McLaurin being a difficult guy to select because he basically goes one slot after Lamb just over and over, and it'd be hard to, you know, pass on Lamb in order to select him, but we are actually in the range in this draft where it is possible that Lamb would go one spot before us and leave McLaurin uh, sitting there in our laps. Is that the way that you see the draft playing out? Is that what you would like to happen? Which wide receivers, if we could get the absolute perfect scenario, would you like to end up with here at the two, three turn? So
2: at the minute we are about seven picks away. The players that I've loaded into our queue are Metcalf, Jefferson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, and Terry McLaurin. The other player I've put in there is just after going. I was going to mention just if he did happen to fall was George Kittle, but he has gone. Uh, I I really have it the exact same way as you, Sean. I'm a big McLaurin fan. I've talked about him a number of times on the show. I know you're pretty excited about how Fitzpatrick's going to fit into that offense. So I think that uh, McLaurin can have a a massive season, but. At the early stages when we were doing these drafts you know two three months ago we were seeing a situation where mclaurin was going off the board before lamb that has now reversed and lamb is going ahead of him so ideally i'm taking cd lamb but if he does go i'm getting mclaurin the worst feeling that i've had in a few drafts is that situation where you're three picks away and both of those guys go back to back that can be quite heartbreaking but yeah i have it exactly the way you have so dream scenario here Um, I'm hoping to get DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown but if we can get two out of those five guys I think that will be a massive win for us Um, as we sit now there is a good possibility that that plays out we have uh, four picks before us and then obviously the the person at the 101 with their two picks so let's hope things do fall that way just out of interest Sean uh, the other wide receiver that goes in this range then I'm guessing I did skip over him he's somebody who I know for uh, depending on when we release this show, this one might even come out on on Sunday just shortly after we record. But uh, you and uh, Ben have talked on Stealing Bananas this week about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, And I think that uh, he's somebody who would still be interesting if he falls to that 211 spot. But how do you feel about him as as he's just gone off the board? Maybe we'll uh, tune into Stealing Bananas to hear uh, Sean's thoughts on on DeAndre Hopkins, Uh, part of the fun of. uh, doing a live draft and, and trying to make conversations during it. But Sean, I think we're in a, we're in a pretty healthy position here with those five guys still on the board, two picks to go.
1: We are. And, and again, we see this draft setting up to be very favorable for the McCaffrey owner, but we have to put ourselves in that conversation as well, where it's setting up to be very favorable for us. Uh, as you mentioned, Ben and I really went into Hopkins in some detail on ceiling Manas. Check that out. as part of our value episode where we go deep into a lot of the players are they values? Are they guys where they would have to fall to be values? How do we create value? So, Colin, I was going to ask you, is there any scenario in which a running back falls? And we would have to consider that. Antonio Gibson almost made it back to us. If we had Gibson at this spot in the 211, and I know that Pat Corrane, would be very disappointed if we had a shot at Gibson, but that didn't happen. So the, the top running back here is one we have selected in some of our listener leagues, and that would be Clyde edwards alaire Uh a number of pretty negative articles coming out across the web over the last week, really questioning whether he's going to have that upside going to have that big workload. I still think that he's got the widest range of outcomes in fantasy of a top guy, anywhere from being benched to being like the, the overall running back one. We now have 25 seconds left as I monologue there, Just <laughs> the clear pick or, or are you looking at DK Metcalf, maybe even lamb at this spot?
2: I'm happy to go with uh, Metcalf or Jefferson. Um, Go Lamb if you want. Any of those three guys, Sean, I'm happy to jump aboard. I'll let you make the decision. We'll talk about them a little more after.
1: Well, I selected Justin Jefferson. I think that he has a very real possibility of being the overall wide receiver one. And based on where I've been drafting, that may be the first time I've gotten to take him in a 2021 managed league. Colin, what do you expect to go off the board here in the interim? And what is our approach if it's McLaurin versus Edwards-Alaire?
2: I think that would be interesting. I think I would still go McLaurin at that point. I've been in a situation, Sean, where I've taken Metcalf in a couple of drafts recently. And the reason I've taken him is to hope to get CD Lamb then after that because of the week nine bye week with McLaurin. And every single time it's happened, I've ended up with I've ended up with Metcalf and McLaurin both week 9 by bi-week. So we'll see here if we end up with Lamb and get the seven, seven bye bi-weeks here. Um, not theirs. Obviously, we've talked about this before. There's so many guys we like on that week 7 by bi-week. Um, but this is the first time, as you mentioned, in a managed league that I've been able to get him. So we've got a perfect situation, Sean. Let the listeners know what has just taken place
1: well Keenan Allen was selected right there he's someone else we debated on the value show because uh, I mean this could be a season where Keenan Allen plays in one of the best offenses he's ever played in and it could be a season where his target share is uh, north of 30 percent. so I can definitely understand that pick it's not the one that we were going with so that does give us the option of both Liam and McLaurin here you made a little bit of a pitch there sort of uh, subtly for McLaurin as the guy who would give us some more bye week flexibility we have lamb we have McLaurin uh, we also have Clyde Edwards alaire Colin which direction should we go with 20 seconds left
2: well I think we go wide receiver um it does put us in a little bit of a bind later if we can get some of those guys like a viscous chenault but I think Sean you've talked long and hard this offseason about lamb um, I'm happy to to take CD here uh, even though it does put us in a position where week seven may be a little bit tricky, but if we can navigate those other weeks and uh we just have to worry about that one week seven, um, I think we'll be in a nice spot. So, I have I mentioned it a moment ago though the uh, the amount of times I've gone with those uh second, third round picks if I have that early pick and, <laughs> early pick, and I've ended up with the same bye week over and over again. So, uh, it's interesting that that one time that it, it's happened in the opposite because I, I was always debating. Jefferson versus Metcalf to try and get Lamb, and then this it worked out seven and seven again this time. So I think we're off Sean though to a very, very positive start. Um, you know how, how do you feel about that Alan, uh, Metcalf and uh, Christian McCaffrey start? You know, I th- obviously we think it's it's better if it's uh, CD Lamb, but uh, I think think it's still they they haven't thrown things away here through three picks.
1: No, you're always hoping that the McCaffrey owner will. Uh, basically blow the draft because you you have you have two paths or let's say we have three paths to beating the Christian McCaffrey owner one is that Matt Caffrey gets hurt no one's rooting for that everyone wants McCaffrey to have another historic season the NFL is a lot worse when he's not in the league so that one is sort of a non-starter in terms of, of what everyone wants to happen number two the McCaffrey owner could blow the draft, and so then you know you're back in it because structurally they've made a bunch of mistakes. Number three, you could draft the absolute perfect team that gained a little bit of value here, a little bit of value there, and then hit on the right players in the right weeks to uh, balance that out, win your league, and then hopefully also win the race for the half a million dollars. Uh, so far. The team with the 101 has not blown anything, obviously just through three rounds. So there are some more possibilities. We're not, you know, directly rooting against that participant either. However, I do think that we're off to a fast start. And our responsibility obviously is to take path three and to build that super team that can get past McCaffrey anyway. Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match
2: It's quite interesting sean just looking at how things are playing through those opening three rounds you know we do pay attention to how running backs are being drafted how wide receivers have been drafted and obviously the McCaffrey owner has gone running back wide receiver wide receiver we've gone tight end wide receiver wide receiver team three has gone with three running backs team four has gone with three wide receivers Team five is two running backs, one wide receiver. A bit of a a split with uh, one tight end, one wide receiver, one running back at team six. But team seven, team eight started RB, RB, both teams. Um, And then we have team 10 going RB, RB. Team 11 has gone wide receiver, wide receiver. And then 12 has gone wide receiver, running back. So there is a little bit of a a balance, I guess, if we look across the board. Um, Some teams have have pushed into the running back. But we do have a couple of teams here, Sean, who are... uh, starting starting kind of what those zero RB approaches are team one obviously with a little bit of a, a modified zero RB
1: exactly and, and I think that this draft has still been fairly running back heavy which will play into our hands we talked about one of the reasons why zero RB is so effective is that either way the draft plays out helping you you end up either with the wide receiver stars and so much depth at wide receiver that your team really can't fall below the first, you know, four or five slots because you're going to win the flex by so much every week, including and especially the bye weeks. And now with an extra week in the season, that advantage uh, gets exaggerated even a little bit more. The other way that it can happen is if you have a ton of teams going with the wide receiver heavy, then you absolutely have to have those wide receivers. The running backs drop, and there's no penalty even for selecting the wide receiver. So we're sort of in scenario A. In this draft so far, but Colin, uh, there are a lot of running backs that we like. Very late, obviously, but then there are also some guys in that five-six range where, if they fall exactly perfectly, and wide receiver flattens out to an extent, right at that juncture, that we would consider those guys as well. But uh, right now, <laughs> we're through three rounds. 18 wide receivers have been selected, only 13, I'm sorry, 18 running backs have been selected, only 13 wide receivers, uh, round four starts with Darrell Henderson going off the board. So out of the 12 hole, we have Stefan Diggs, Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, Darrell Henderson. I, I would not have taken Chubb there. I think that you have to go Barkley or Jonathan Taylor, especially if you're going to come back with Dobbins and Henderson. But anytime that you have Diggs kind of headlining the team, I, I think you're off to a fast start
2: yeah i think even though if you look back now obviously like you know Barkley and taylor um would be very interesting there i think also you have ridley who's gone one spot later and you know if you have that two wide receivers starting and then even punch in uh, dobbins and henderson i think it's gonna be a much more uh, well-rounded team i i don't know sean about you and barclay obviously we'll probably save that for an ot podcast coming up but i think the news has been relatively promising uh, I, I think that, you know I think there's a reason to be excited there even if it's not 100% come week one I think he's still there's a there's a huge amount of upside with what he can do this year but um it's going to be interesting Sean to see who falls back we mentioned the comfort of getting that tight end early um in the draft and as we've seen now through that kind of the start of the fourth round here three picks gone in the fourth round there is six tight ends off the board team 10 doubling up with TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews back to back after starting with Elliot and Barkley so again should should start moving some of that wide receiver value down towards us like i had in my mind that we might even see hawkinson sneak back to the the back end of the fourth round but obviously there's a, might be a little bit of a panic here to for these guys to get some tight end. so things going pretty well so far sean but there's a number of guys that obviously were were interested in here very interested in um you know the likes of dj moore chris godwin mike evans T higgins you know uh, deontay johnson so we'll see what happens as they roll through, but have you somebody who is your prime candidate? I also see that you've uh, notched Pat Mahomes into the uh, the queue as well, just uh, out of interest with Kelsey being there.
1: Yeah, and we're not as high on handcuffing the quarterbacks to some of those receivers as a lot of drafters are, but I do like uh, to think in terms of this you know, $500,000 contest. If Mahomes were to fall to a no-brainer value, then that combination of him with Travis Kelsey in week 17, a lot of fun to think about. I think it's going to be receiver receiver. We talked about how running back heavy the draft was, but it's actually tracking very closely also with ADP. Henderson tends to come off the board at the 403. He was just a couple spots ahead of that. We're into this wide receiver range now where we expect those guys to be the next picks as running back sort of dries up. So cup Evans, Lockett, Godwin, Moore. Those are the players who should go ahead of us. Uh, ideally, one of them would fall. Not one of them. I mean, especially specifically, Chris Godwin or DJ Moore. And then wrapping back around, ideally, Higgins is not taken by the CNC drafter, and we can wrap him into the round five pick. However, if he's there at the 411, and we want to wait and see who comes back around to us, at the 502, I would also be very happy with that. We have some options, Deontay Johnson right in there. And based on kind of where I have him in my rankings, what I think the upside is and what the buzz has been out of camp, especially when you combine the buzz for him and by him I'm talking about Jerry Judy with the concern that Sutton is going to be a slow starter. I mean, Sutton really is the wide receiver version of Saquon Barkley where he's not expected to have the impact that he usually has uh, at the beginning of the season i think judy is a pick early in round five where uh, that'll be one of the earliest areas that he go but there aren't going to be a lot of teams that have him matched in there with lamb with jefferson with kelsey i think that's interesting and i think that his upside to finish as a top 10 wide receiver when you're talking about in the fifth round i don't think it's a big deal if you take him at the beginning of the fifth
2: yeah and as we are just on the clock now uh, a minute to make our decision chris godwin goes one pick before sean i was going to make the pitch anyway to go for dj moore over godwin um i think they're pretty close but i've been leaning towards Moore in my drafts and um you you and ben again on stealing bananas talk about you know the upside of him and even at his current adp just having a, a pretty good season is going to still be uh, well on his way to covering that and he has that elite wide receiver upside as well so I'm happy to go DJ Moore here, and then I think you know if we can get Higgins or, or Judy then on the way back is the way I'd be playing it. Um, you happy to go with Moore?
1: I am. I I think that there is an insane risk that Higgins is going to go at the turn, but we have to take DJ Moore. He's the the smart play here. He gives us that. Uh, high-floor, high-ceiling player, the person that we've been promoting as being this year's version of Stephon Diggs. And we say that not just to say, okay, well, here's someone who could outperform, but you go in and you look at his peripherals and through the first couple of seasons, uh, Moore has been fantastic in terms of after the catch. You look at last season, he's one of the best vertical receivers in the NFL. He hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. He has this built-in upside to where really his profile screams out that he should be a mid-third pick. When you're talking about picking him at the very end of the fourth round, you're getting a full round of value in a range where that means something, right? And we're still in these very high value of three or four slots down, you would expect to be picking up some value. So the fact that he's so heavily discounted makes him a player that you have to select at that point
2: yeah i agree and uh the, the 101 has made his pick he has i don't know if he timed out i don't think he did because the the second pick hasn't been done on auto draft. but he did go with patrick mahomes who was the next player at adp so sean that's uh, a nice move for us obviously t higgins could still go here but we we have that possibility that he goes i think he needs more running backs i think he should go for one of the running backs here in this range hopefully but uh that would get higgins to us would be a real uh, dream scenario here to kick things off so Let's see how it plays out. 35 seconds left on the clock for him. The other thing I was going to mention is we do have Lamb and Jefferson in the week seven bye. So I think that would put us in a real pinch if we were starting off with uh, Deontay Johnson there. So that would put me to lean towards Judy or Ayuk if the situation presents itself that Higgins is not available here.
1: I think that's a good point. We know that we can work around the bye weeks. We know that that uh, in some ways makes the team even stronger, outside of week seven and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out a bridge to get through that week. One of the reasons that the depth comes into play and is so helpful is that you can get across even a week where you have three starters at one position on a bye, but definitely not ideal. Right. And so uh, going in a different direction, there would have been what we wanted to do. The pick is Josh Jacobs. So now column Higgins does come to us and this sort of concludes what I think is a dream five round start
2: yeah this is this is perfect uh, sean we've had a few drafts for the listeners who have been listening and there's been a couple of times where we've had our scenarios and they just haven't played out we've been one pick off and things haven't just clicked and we've been happy at the end of the draft we made those adjustments as we went along but to start off with kelsey jefferson higgins lamb and more i think is a it's a, a pretty high power start so let's hope that things will continue to to break our way um throughout the rest of the draft here and i did joke um, you know the the team one did need more running backs but we we're not going to count anything in yet Sean and Josh Jacobs could turn out to be one of the highest scoring running backs in the league this year if they, you know just by chance but uh, i don't think that's going to be the case but maybe team one is starting to let things slide a little bit hopefully <laughs> hopefully that's the, the start of the, the downfall for team one from here on out
1: yeah that would be nice and and they did take the luxury pick with Patrick Mahomes now it's a luxury pick with a lot of upside but Mahomes has to play extremely well to balance out the rushing value of some of these other QBs. And so I think there are some ways to get that production later. Uh, One of the interesting things that we have seen now is that Javante Williams goes at the 409. So he goes ahead of ETN in this draft, always just kind of fun to track where these rookie running backs are going head to head. Uh, Miles Sanders goes at the 503. He's someone that we discussed in the article this week looking at the range of outcomes, school, and some values. Josh Jacobs, another one there. And then Trey Sermon goes at the 504. So he also goes before ETN, who slides to the 505. Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, the next couple of picks. Uh, this draft now, column. I think we can say even more definitively, is running back heavy, which is going to push more wide receivers down to us. And uh, it may allow a team like the CMC team to get out of it a little bit if these wide receivers continue to be discounted. Now, we know that we're probably going to take a couple more in rounds <laughs> and seven unless the value at a different position is just extreme. But with Sermon off the board, with Etn off the board, I'm not sure I see a potential running back who could really get in the mix there, but maybe a different position like tight end would be an option. Or if Lamar Jackson... Drops to that point. He has an ADP at the beginning of round six. We would obviously be looking at him at the end of round six, Kyler Murray, someone else in that group. Uh, if those guys don't get there, what are you looking at for the quarterback position? I think there are some ways to play this with a somewhat safe QB matched up with perhaps a Justin Fields.
2: Yeah, and I do think as well, obviously this being a managed league, um, you know, having the, the two quarterbacks rather than having to make sure we get the tree in there is going to give us a little bit of freedom. Uh, I also think it being managed you know we'll have some options off the waiver wire throughout it um, so look uh, we could be heading on the the Ryan Fitzpatrick train here Sean for this episode we might have to we might have to make that uh, that call later on but I think I would be happy if we don't get one of those top guys in this next round in the fifth and sixth round sorry um, or that seven turn um, I, I think I would be waiting and um, then into that kind of I would say 12 through 13 round range to, to try and see what maybe two guys we could pick up in that area um when we look at it Sean you mentioned some of the possibilities and how things could change if the wide receivers don't make it back that we would be tempting to to look for here I do think you touched on tight end I think uh Logan Thomas and Noah Fantu I touched on earlier as well are, are two of my favorite guys in this range and uh, I do like having the option to Get two of those guys in there. Uh, I know most of the time when we've been doing that, we've been doing it in baseball. But um, I believe you're you're pretty much on board if you can get two of those tight end options and um, the the managed format as well.
1: Exactly. I like to have that second camera tight end to where we can. Uh, you know, it seems like you start with Travis Kelsey. If he gets hurt, you're out of it. But I've had plenty of Rob Gronkowski teams in the past where he did go down and the, the team still came through. We're kind of using today to get a little bit of, of extra mojo on our side. We're using the Terms of a Rampagement team name that was the one that won the overall in the NFFC primetime back in 2013. That team was one that had Rob Gronkowski. He gets hurt, and it wins the overall title anyway. Part of what you're doing there, again, is building this deep team that has a lot of different ways to win and having a second tight end who can really put the hammer down is one of those ways
2: yeah so absolutely no pressure um now i didn't realize that was the reason for this name of choice i was actually thinking about using one of the future ot episodes to ask you uh, how do you come up with these names uh sean is great for uh interesting names for his teams but yeah no pressure now we just have to bring the whole thing down to make sure the team has a 100 percent record but uh logan thomas did go shortly after i mentioned it to the the team at the 12 spot so i think we're looking at fant here sean or we would be passing on the tight end position but it is starting to look like we will have some enticing options at the wide receiver position jerry judy who we touched on in the last round as a possible option is still on the board um tyler boyd the, the flagship uh wide receiver for the road overtime podcast still on the board chase claypool who is a week seven by there's a couple of guys here with claypool schuster and chenault all week seven buys um but i think now that we we have two other options with the uh, dj Moore and t higgins gives you that flexibility then if you want to to dip back into chanel so sean i'm i, I think we're in a, a great position Fant is still there probably for us but um i would probably be going wide receiver wide receiver but i'm, I'm happy to go Fant and then one of those other guys will will hopefully reach back to us
1: Yeah, that's the way that I'm looking at it as well. I was, uh, you know, almost not even daring to hope because Jerry Judy did get within three picks of our selection, which seems a little bit crazy when you consider his ADP, when you consider what he's been doing at camp. Kareem Hunt off the board, I think he would have been the last uh, real sort of interesting option at the running back position.
0: In fact, Heather Murray, fair.
1: Lamar Jackson off the board. So we're not looking at QB right here. Noah Fant is selected. So, Colin, I mean, it, it looks to me like this is just a, a shot to go with some more Week 7 wide receivers.
2: Yeah, that's that's the downside. And the, the other player that we mentioned, like probably not on quarterback, <laughs> the, the quarterback, you would potentially be looking at That press caught with that Week 7 too. But I think, yeah, we're going for Week 7. The option here, Sean, for me is between Chenault and Boyd. Um, up, up to you, which way you wanna you wanna play it. Obviously, we already have Higgins on the roster.
1: I think that Boyd works fine with Higgins, but looking at this, we could go with Smith, Schuster, and come back around with Chanel or we could just go with Chanel since it's a little bit of a luxury pick at this point anyway make sure we get him and then come back with one of Boyd or Smith-Schuster or even go with Devontae Smith here who yeah, even with his little bit of an injury that limited him in training camp I think is someone who is going to have a big season
2: I think I, well I'm gonna I'll make the call I can't pass on Chanel here if, <laughs> if we can't make a decision i am happy to I'll, I'll put them in the Chanel pick but uh <laughs> Um, the thing that you were mentioning there is just, I think with Smith Schuster and with Chenault, I think we probably don't want to get ourselves into a situation where we have four wide receivers in the week seven by doing.
1: I, I, well, once we had Higgins and more to play in the wide receiver that week, I, it doesn't bother me as much. Cause we're not going to stop at this point, right? We're going to have more wide receivers Uh, either in the next couple of rounds or later. And so I think we take the very best value in terms of how we see that. Do you have a big difference in value between Boyd and Smith-Schuster? Do you have a a way that you like to play that? So the the positives and negatives, obviously taking the, the player from the same team or getting a little bit of exposure to the Steelers in case they blow up the way that we expect in a case they blow up in the way that we expect, but through the cheapest of the three wide receivers. So those are the two things we're kind of looking at there. I think that Debo Samuel is also an option at this point, and we'll be sort of hoping that Devontae Smith came back around. What What are your thoughts on selecting Debo here?
2: Yeah, I don't mind Debo either, but I think I would lean towards Smith out of the two of them. Um, so we did miss out on Boyd. He was the the player I was hoping would have come back. Uh, Schuster did just go before that as well. So, um, Sean, I, I'm in with uh, Smith. I have been drafting him a little bit more recently. Um, so I'm, I'm easy. It's 50-50 for me, really, between between Smith and Samuel. I think the 49ers could score a lot of points this year, but I do think that there's it's really, really hard to play where it's, it's going to come. I don't think the Eagles are going to score as many points, but I think there could be a lot more of them going to Devontae Smith.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll go with Smith here. He's a, a fun player where the shares to this point are very low, and that gets us in a position now where we do have another receiver to cover that buy. It is unfortunate. We talked about needing – the McCaffrey owner to mess up. I think that selecting Smith, Schuster, and Boyd is the exact opposite of that. So he's in very good position there.
2: So we have seven picks in the books. We'll we'll call it a day there. We'll keep our draft going, but we will uh, have it back for another episode. We'll split it into uh, a couple of sections. So we will be back as we continue our draft, our quest to bring home the five hundred thousand dollar championship. As always, if you want to get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass, all you have to do is add the code rbradio 2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OverTim My co host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out his great work on rotoviz.com as well as the Steading Bananas podcast. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich.